Section 7 of Captain Cook by Walter Besant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 4 The Great Unknown Ocean. On the 25th of September in the year 1513, Balboa first caught sight of the great Pacific Ocean. For two hundred years and more, the Spaniards regarded the Pacific as their own possession. The sea seemed closed to the world except by one difficult and dangerous portal this entrance itself was defended not only by its difficulties and dangers but by a strange superstition everybody it was observed who had to do with the first passage by magellan came to a bad end the captain was murdered in a brawl by the natives of the philippines roy falero one of his company died raving mad the sailor de lepe who first sighted the straits from the masthead was taken prisoner by the algerines became renegade and embraced the faith of the false prophet by which of course he lost his everlasting soul nay balboa himself was beheaded and when ships afterwards began to attempt the straits they were constantly driven back by winds and storms which seemed to have been engaged in the service of the castilian king the first however to sail upon these waters was ponce de leon two years after their discovery he caused two or three small boats to be carried across the isthmus and sailed along the coast about panama in the year fifteen seventeen he founded the city of panama four miles from its present site he also attempted to build ships on the pacific coast but was forced to desist because the timber he used became instantly penetrated and devoured by worms let us follow briefly in this chapter the history of discovery in the pacific ocean from the first launch of ponce de leon's boats to the time when cook sailed upon his first voyage you may take a great sheet of paper and lay down on its eastern side a short line of the coast round panama on the western side some imperfect fragments of the great islands of borneo sumatra and java the whole of the sheet save for these fragments must be painted black it is absolutely unknown as one navigator after another traverses the ocean a new line of light runs out wherever he leaves the beaten track each voyage outside that beaten track leaves a belt of light no more than twenty miles in breadth you will see that even after two hundred and fifty years the blackness of great portions is wholly unrelieved by any such broad line of light you will understand by such a method what kind of task lay before the men who set forth upon a voyage of discovery upon these unknown waters it was only six years after the discovery by balboa namely in the year fifteen nineteen that magellan found and passed through the straits which bear his name when he emerged into the pacific his idea was to sail across to the moluccas he therefore held a northwest course one which unfortunately for him caused him to pass by all the great archipelagos and the coast of australia he found certain small islands but their names and positions cannot with any certainty be laid down his ship reached the Moluccas in safety but without her captain who was lying buried in the philippines 
in the year fifteen twenty five a very important expedition was sent out to the pacific by the king of spain it was commanded by don garcia jofre de loyasa and consisted of seven ships and four hundred and fifty men he achieved the passage of the straits in safety coasted chile and peru and having reached the latitude of thirteen degrees north he steered a westward course along that parallel and arrived at the ladrones his course was afterwards blindly followed by the spaniards which was the cause why while they held almost undisturbed possession of those seas they made no progress in its exploration it was loyasa who discovered the north coast of papua meantime in the far east the extension of trade was causing the discovery of new lands san vedra sailing from gilolo followed the coast of papua for a good distance and discovered in latitude five north the islands which he called los pintaros and los buenos jardines in fifteen forty two japan was first visited in the same year villalobos crossed the pacific on the same parallel as loyasa after this very little was done for some years many attempts proved failures some through the difficulties of the straits some through bad weather some through the death of the captain the islands of juan fernandez and masafuera were discovered in fifteen sixty three those of the galapagos in fifteen fifty a chart of the pacific in the middle of the sixteenth century about fifty or sixty years after its discovery shows the western coast of south america laid down tolerably well except that of southern chile the coast of north america has been followed as far north as california which in some maps appears as an island and in others as a peninsula on the eastern side of the chart one observes a part of china a part of japan the philippines celebes timor and the ladrones there are one or two small islands laid down with no certainty of latitude or longitude and the north coast of papua is indicated nothing whatever is as yet known of australia and new zealand there is however an imaginary southern continent laid down with great boldness the existence of terra australis incognita had in fact already begun to haunt men's minds it was said that juan fernandez had actually landed on this continent and found there a white people civilized well formed and well clothed it was within a month's sail of chile but no one else ever found this continent it was in the year fifteen seventy three that drake climbed the hill and the tree upon its summit from which could be seen both the atlantic and the pacific oceans almighty god he exclaimed of thy goodness give me life and leave to sail once in an english ship upon that sea now there was with the party that day an englishman named john oxenham spelt oxenham this man a fellow full of resolution conceived a brilliant project he would get together a party cross the isthmus with them capture first a small ship then a big ship and rove the seas plundering the spaniards and sailing whithersoever they listed he partly carried this project into execution that is to say he got together his company crossed the isthmus and falling upon a small craft in the bay of panama took possession of it no more curious story belongs to this time of adventure but the attempt ended badly because the party were not strong enough to take a bigger ship and had to run ashore where they were all captured and hanged 
thus the pacific destroyed the first englishman as well as the first spaniard who attempted it the toll of blood thus exacted the ocean lay open to drake it is remarkable that he coasted north america to latitude forty eight degrees north in the hope of finding a passage to the atlantic two hundred years later cook went out upon exactly the same errand the way being now known the distance and the comparative safety of the passage voyages across the pacific from new spain to the philippines and back again now began to be not infrequent many accounts remain of such voyages from america westward the ships always kept to the same parallel that of thirteen degrees north as nearly as possible there was a fair wind and an open sea the voyage generally took eighty days from the philippines to new spain the same course could not always be kept but there was little deviation the english meanwhile were by no means unmindful of this ocean into which drake had led the way two or three unsuccessful attempts were made that in the year fifteen eighty two by edward fenton and luke ward to get through the straits that in fifteen eighty seven by withrington and lister but in fifteen eighty six cavendish sailed with his squadron of three ships the desire of one hundred and twenty tons the content of sixty and the hugh gallant of forty with crews numbering one hundred and twenty-three in all and carrying two years provisions he sailed along the coast as far north as california then steered on a southwesterly course for the ladrones on the way as all the world knows he fell in with the great plate galleon and captured her never was such a splendid prize as that of this great ship she had one hundred and twenty-two thousand pesos of gold on board besides an immense quantity of satins silk musk and all kinds of precious things naturally this good fortune stimulated imitators cavendish himself made a second attempt but the great galleon was not to be taken by every one one after the other half a dozen attempts were made and all failed in fifteen ninety four sir richard hawkins for instance had the bad luck to be taken prisoner he and his ship the dainty such a misfortune daunted even the english courage for a while in the course of these voyages however the falkland islands were discovered by captain john davis who had already made three attempts to find the northwest passage and whose name survives in our maps in davis straits meantime the spaniards continued their voyages of discovery but in a languid way having indeed already more upon their hands than they could well manage mendana in fifteen ninety five departing from the usual track sailed across the ocean following as closely as possible latitude fourteen degrees south he was rewarded by the discovery of the marquesas new hebrides and santa cruz groups and in sixteen hundred a spanish expedition was sent to sail along the west coast of north america toward the end of this century the dutch appeared in these seas in fifteen ninety five the five-ship expedition from rotterdam set sail they followed the usual line but steered northwards and touched at japan in fifteen ninety eight oliver van noort made the now familiar voyage in latitude thirteen degrees north during the seventeenth century the troubles and civil wars at home kept the english quiet it is the century of the dutch the spaniards however in the course of a voyage in search of the southern continent discovered it was in sixteen o six the coast of terra australis 
as for the dutch they sent out joris spielbergen in 1615 who sailed up the coast and defeated the spanish fleet they sent out lemaire and schouten who discovered the strait of lemaire to the great uneasiness of the spaniards they also found the admiralty islands in new ireland in 1626 the great nassau fleet sailed round the world but seems to have done little in 1639 the dutch sent out an expedition to examine the east coast of great tartary and to discover the gold and silver islands but of course the greatest dutch navigator was Thusman, whose famous voyage was begun from batavia in the year 1642 it was not until 1667 that the french sailed upon the pacific in 1670 captain narborough made his chart of the straits of magellan this was the only important british voyage of discovery belonging to the century to the end of this century belongs the period of the buccaneers which has already been treated at length in this series by mr clark russell in his life of dampier the adventures of the signet the roebuck the sink ports the duke and the duchess the names of morgan sawkins dampier edward cook woods rogers clapperton and shelvick belong to the rovers those of commodore anson byron wallace and carteret to the time when the spaniards could no longer pretend even on the authority of the pope to regard the pacific as their private lake no nation in the world has ever had such splendid opportunities as spain one reads at school how athens when its population grew too large could ship off a whole colony to some island not far removed one envies the simplicity of emigration in those days but a far greater ocean than the mediterranean was given to the spaniards from the year fifteen thirteen when the pacific was discovered down to the middle of the eighteenth century that is to say for two hundred and fifty years the spaniard lived secure fearing no danger from generation to generation in the warm air that he loved with a subject race to work for him in luxury at ease without anxiety and wealthy beyond any dream possible to the proud and poor hidalgo of the mother country it was an ideal life and it lasted for eight long generations during this time there was no doubt a continual stream from the old world of those who wished to share in these good things those who came first got the best but there was enough and to spare had the spaniard continued to possess the spirit of enterprise but he did not he gave no welcome to fresh blood he lost the old spirit of adventure he even lost his old courage he became greedy jealous and lazy had such a chance come to great britain every island in the pacific would have been explored long before the eighteenth century and if there had not been planted upon every island a little colony of ruling britons under their native flag it would have been because there were not enough britons to go around i say that the spaniards were practically undisturbed what did the successful raids of drake cavendish and the rest amount to in all once or twice the english devils took the great galleon but only once or twice in all these years now and again a town was assaulted and taken by these pirates but how many towns were taken how often were towns taken there was fighting at panama at guayaquil at acapulco at paita but where else the spanish americans feared little danger they ran few risks from generation to generation they grew richer and lazier 
the old courage of the spaniard had entirely left him by the third generation he could no longer fight life had become too easy for him but he remained in possession because there were none to turn him out all this was changed by the middle of the eighteenth century it seemed as if the great southern continent was actually going to be discovered at last and that it would not belong to spain an immense and apparently wealthy country called papua was now known to exist japan and china had to be reckoned with the dutch had possession of java and were pushing eastwards english ships were exploring the ocean once the spaniards own ocean in all directions the french themselves last in the field had appeared and it was evident to all that spain could no longer even pretend to keep out the other nations and besides the english brain was fired with the thought of the pacific as in queen elizabeth's time it had been fired with the thought of the west indies reports came home of lovely islands the english though as yet they knew nothing of hawaii and tahiti had heard of juan fernandez and Masafuera. they had read the voyages of woods rogers of clapperton and shelvick with anson they had visited the lovely tinian with its strange avenues of pillars they knew of the galapagos the sea lions of california the spice islands and the ladrones the tierra del fuego and its miserable people the long smouldering theory of the southern continent revived again scientific men proved beyond a doubt that the right balance of the globe required a southern continent otherwise it would of course tip over geographers pointed out how quiros juan fernandez and tosman had all touched at various points of that continent men of imagination spoke of treasures of all kinds which would be found there and would belong to the nation which should discover and annex this land they laid it down on the maps and reckoned up the various kinds of climate which would be enjoyed in a country stretching from the southern pole through forty degrees of latitude the most extravagant ideas were formed of what might be found fictitious travels fed the imagination of the people men confidently looked forward to acquiring a prolonged rule over other golden lands such as had been for nearly three hundred years the making and the unmaking of spain in every age there is always a grasping after what seems to promise the sovereignty of the world in every age there is a carthage to be destroyed and in every age there are half a dozen countries each of which is eager and anxious to enact the part of rome such is in brief outline the story many times told but always new of the principal voyages of discovery on the great pacific ocean it would be tedious and beyond these limits to attempt further details or to follow the tracks of these hardy sailors to those who love a tale of peril and of courage there is no better reading than that of the old voyagers from columbus the first of modern navigators down to captain cook the last we have seen the chart of the pacific at the end of the sixteenth century let us look upon it in the eighteenth before cook began to sail upon it the chart of seventeen fifty shows a very considerable advance upon that of fifteen seventy in the map attached to gordon's geography of seventeen forty there are certain instructive and suggestive things for instance new guinea and new holland are united only the west coast of new holland is given there is a small corner or angle of land which represents the whole of new zealand 
California is an island. The ladrones are named and lie between latitude 10 degrees north and 20 degrees south. There are also certain scattered groups of islands, nameless and apparently set down at random. The map is exactly similar to that illustrating Shelvick's voyage of 1726, save that in Shelvick's map the islands are named. Turning to the letterpress, Gordon says under the heading of Terra Magellanica, Many things equally foolish as ridiculous are related of this country and its inhabitants, with which I shall neither trouble myself or the reader. And in section 13, concerning Terra Australis, he adds, by Terra Antarctica we understand all those unknown or slenderly discovered countries toward the southern parts of the globe, the chief of which do bear the names of New Guinea, New Zealand, New Holland, and which may comprehend them and all the rest, Terra Australis Incognita. Which southern countries, though they belong not to the continent of America, yet we choose to mention them in this place, since the southmost part of the continent of South America doth extend itself farther towards the south than any part of the headland of the old continent, leaving them, therefore, to the discovery of future ages we pass on. End of section 7